Welcome to Squaring the Circle, the podcast where I chat to creative business owners to see how they balance the art and the business. Music composer and audio wrangler, Michael Carlton. Welcome to Squaring the Circle. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. It's great to be here. Good. Excellent. Excellent. So I'd like to start with, um, well, in a recent conversation, you mentioned um, that in order to be sort of content and happy, that you need a battle to fight, an adventure to live and a beauty to save. So with that in mind, how does your business give you a battle to fight, an adventure to live and a beauty to save? Oh, now that is a good question. So an adventure to live um you know i compose emotional music for use within tv and film um, for videographers and filmmakers and every project that i work on is different everyone is a new challenge is a new um thing that we are trying to achieve with the use of music so a new emotional connection a new relationship a new story unique story um, that we're telling so composing music is always daunting at the absolute outset so i you know i have a creative ignition session with the client and we sit and we talk and we get the ideas and i take those ideas away and i look at a blank sheet of paper and go now what that is the daunting adventure that is the start and i'm sure we've all had those as creatives those blank sheet of paper moments where you go right now i need to come up with a creative idea and that's the where the adventure starts um and it is an adventure every single note is an adventure every single project's an adventure because you never know where it's going to end up because one note leads to another which leads to a motif which leads to an accompaniment which leads to a whole arrangement of music and i sometimes at the end of that adventure look back at it and go how did that start you know because it's like wow there, there is a fantastic piece of music with all sorts of stuff going on and i think that started on a blank sheet of paper and uh, that's the adventure and sometimes looking back on it you do you sort of recognize my oh, goodness me that was an adventure going on that one so that's the adventure um uh the the battle to fight battles to fight is is a is a business challenge and it's not confrontational it's just that as a creative, I don't really do business. I, I love creativity uh, and composing and that that battle, that challenge, that thing that I've got to step up to is is running a business um, on it. I, I need to do business stuff. I spent all morning working through value statements, you know, how business is that uh, on it. Beauty to save in my business is that emotional connection it's it's creating that personal connection with someone or something through that music uh and things and and that is yes there is a challenge there yes there is a battle there but when you get it it's like oh man yeah that we've they've got it they're there and they're with you emotionally and and connected um so yeah so that's that's how i i do that in the in the business yes it's interesting that the the beauty to save because you clarified that that isn't you know a, a damsel in distress that that, that needs your help no, no. it's purpose yeah. essentially 
um and yes. uh, and how yeah. and how you get that cool. purpose in your life yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is this was born out of uh a, a book um that i read uh a long time ago and um uh, the title will come to me in a minute um but um but yes essentially in you know uh, us men we we have three things and it, and it sounds a little bit stereotypical you know this adventure to live a battle to fight and a beauty to save but as i always say it's not a damsel in distress uh it is some good cause that that we need to get behind that we that we want to be passionate about um, and this is why i love working with with charities with with organizations that actually you know are doing good in society you know i i, I sit on the advisory board of an organization called super jam which takes 16 to 24 year olds who can't be in mainstream education um, uh, and for whatever reason that might be that they're in gangs it might be that they've been to prison it might be that they have just got really severe special educational needs um, but focus them all around music and in the process give them a maths and english gcse that's a beauty to save it's it's a cause where we're changing people's lives through the power of music it's just a wonderful thing Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned again, when we were having a chat over the weekend, you mentioned that um, seems like a brilliant organization to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Um, the So one thing in your answer there, the, the now what moment, um, yeah. I'd like to explore that actually, because I suppose the question is, when you're at the now what moment, the blank sheet of paper is in front of you. Yeah. Can you enjoy that in the present? Or is it only retrospectively where you can kind of join the dots uh, and think, oh, well, that was fine because that project worked out? Or is I, it, or are you consumed with total anxiety at the time? It's, I've learned to enjoy the anxiety, if that makes sense. In, in a, it's part <laughs> of the process. Um, it's part of being a creative. It's part of um, being a creative professional in that, you know, I, I read an article by a dear friend of mine uh, recently uh, that says, what, what is a creative professional? You know, it's not someone that has all the gear. It's not someone that can produce a final piece of music. It is someone who can come up with an idea again and again and again and again um, and just keep coming up with ideas, um, keep being creative on demand um, for it. And the longer that I've been doing this and, and been, obviously I've been composing music a long time now in that I recognize the process and you become very self-aware of who you are as a person in the music. You are bleeding part of your emotion and soul and passion and highs and lows and all of that into the music as well. And I, I know that when I sit there, having come out of that creative ignition session, I'm going to sit there in front of the computer or a blank sheet of paper and go, right what's the idea how do i do and i now know the process and it's a trust the process trust the process and it will all be good just keep going trust the process yes you feel anxious yes you feel the pressure yes you feel oh my goodness i'm not coming up with any good ideas just trust the process and it will be fine for it so yeah learn to love the anxiety have you ever been in a position where despite following the process the the ideas on demand just aren't coming and and, and what did you and what did you do uh to to get around that i've um i've been in a place where uh the ideas haven't been good all ideas are 
are good. All, all, all ideas are ideas. They're all creative. And sometimes they're not working with what I want to do or what the client needs or what the project needs um, on it. Um, and sometimes you've just got to be brave and go select all, delete and start again. Um, as part of my, uh, I, I did a degree course in composing music for the media a long time ago. And part of that process and part of the course spoke about um, knowing when to stop flogging a bad idea in that you might get a great four bars or a great eight bars, a great 30 seconds, but actually how can that idea develop? And if you can't develop the idea, then just move on. Otherwise, you can spend days, weeks going down various rabbit holes, just trying to make stuff work. And it doesn't. Sometimes you've just got to select all, delete, start again. Fresh idea, fresh sound, fresh palette, whatever it may be. Start painting something different um, in music. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I've come up with a lot of bad ideas. Uh, I've, I've never uh, I've never not had any ideas. I've never had that, but come up with a lot of bad ideas. And then have the courage to go, that's a bad idea, move on. <laughs> but then starting, like in an ideal world, if you're coming up with ideas and they're not quite landing, in an ideal world, you do start again. But deadlines being what they are, yeah, we don't live in an ideal world, do we? No. no. So See, now I'm getting anxious just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so how do you go... How do you go if if the ideas that you're coming up with, you know, yeah. in the heart of hearts, aren't the best that you could do, but there literally mm -hmm. just isn't time on that particular project. How do you, yeah, how do you deal with that? Is it just making the best of it essentially? I I would never go back to a client and say, "There you go, that'll do." It's pretty rubbish, but there you go. You know that that's all I can do for you. Um, when I started um black lab music and i started in in composing um i spent a lot of time more time thinking about my values uh, and my ethics and my morals and my integrity um and wrote far more about that as a value statement as to who do i want to be as a person um and what sort of business relationships do i want than i did actually writing about um how much how i was going to make any money in this and one of those key things for me has always been we'll do the right thing regardless of the cost and if that means going back to the client and going look your deadline is really tight it was a i don't know a 48 hour deadline for example you know i've worked up this idea i've worked up that idea i don't think that they really hit the brief um, for it have a listen have a think and let's get back and have a creative chat around actually how we can develop this idea um for it i absolutely believe in honesty and integrity in the process i've met too many charlatans in this business where they will just try and have you over um in reality and and you know no names no pack drill but i, I believe in that being honest with people um building that relationship building that trust um thankfully the reason that um my, my long-term clients keep, keep coming back to us because we have those sorts of relationships. And one of the things that I always say about being a media composer is that you're not asking me to compose a piece of music. 
you're actually asking me to be a creative collaborator in your project. Um, and I've got ideas, you've got ideas. Let's work together in how we can deliver this music. Um, I just happen to be the expert in music. They just happen to be the expert in film for it. So let's collaborate around it. And I've always found people to be a little bit surprised sometimes when you go back to them and go, I don't think this is right, but have a listen. In order to change direction, you've got to be moving. And I always want to deliver some something for someone um, in that. And even if that is okay, well, here's a direction, here's we're going, then you know we can move on it uh, and, and change direction if needs be. Um, so people that don't know you, um, well, I'm sure there are a few thousand in the world that don't, you know, haven't heard of one Mark or two, Carlton, just one or one two. Or two. Um, they won't know that um, you were in the police force for, uh, was it 30 years, 25, 30 years? 30 years, yes. 30 years, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you, you you did music sort of in the background. You taught a lot. You've always had this yeah. passion. But um, three or four years ago, well, I know it's three years ago. Um, three years ago, you started Black Lab completely full time yeah. after retiring. Yeah. So um, the question is, why, why now, I suppose? Because um yes you had the passion but i would have thought there's lots of people there um out there that would have you know had a very stressful job for a number of years and taken this time to relax now obviously me knowing you as i do i know that that would never be the case but if you just want to give a bit of a window into why you chose to sort of start now i suppose or you know okay. when i say start now yeah. a few years ago yeah yeah um there's only ever two things that i have wanted to do in life ever since a little kid uh, to be a cop and to be a musician and I've been privileged enough to be able to do both um, when I joined policing in 92 um, the pension uh, was the full pension was was 30 years um, on it um, I played music since I was four or five having guitar lessons and joined policing at 20 um, all the way through my youth had been in bands and all the way through my policing career have, have been involved in music, in producing albums, in engineering, uh, composing uh, and um, teaching, albeit on a part-time basis. So doing everything that I've done in doing now full-time, I did on a part-time basis at evenings and weekends or in between shift work uh, while I was policing. And I've only ever wanted to do two things, be a cop, and be a musician and I always knew that after uh, my policing career then I would have a I was privileged enough to have the opportunity to do music full-time to make money out of music is hard um, and I know some very very successful musicians that are flat broke and living on job seekers allowance or benefit or whatever it may be but they are top flight very successful musicians so making money in music is hard um, but coming out of a policing career um, gave me the opportunity to actually position myself now at this period of my life where I can invest in it uh, with a bit of a safety net um, and build a business in all the irregularity of pay and income that I can and I've always known that when I left policing, I'll go and be a musician. I hope my family always tell me that I always said I would be in a blues band when I retired from policing. Um, and, um, and they reminded me of that the other day. And it's like, yep, still going to do that. My son plays bass and my daughter plays drums. We're now forming a blues band. So that was going to be my 
like leaving policing i'm just gonna go and play guitar for a living so and that's kind of what i do so so yeah it was just following dreams why now because you know you get locked into a into a career uh and financially locked in um on a pension uh for it and it was like this is now the opportunity to do it i couldn't do this now 30 years ago the technology wasn't there the industry wasn't there um it was a very very different world i produce everything in my home studio here uh at broadcast quality um 30 years ago home studios didn't exist you know you, we were buying fairlight synthesizers for fifty thousand pounds you know <laughs> so you said technically you couldn't do it you know a number of years ago but could you have done it personally like did you have the personal skills to run a business back then um, not run a business um, to not to make the money from it. Policing has to make profit, as you've heard me say before, but it doesn't have to make money. Money is given to it. Um, you come out of that profit in policing is about legitimacy. It's about service. It's about helping and, and people. Um, and um, but being self-employed, being a freelancer or running a company, you've got to make money to pay the bills and policing doesn't equip you for that it equips you for service um, and helping people and what i needed to do was learn how to run a business um, as opposed to just turn up and money magically appear in my bank account every month um the very top you mentioned your battle to fight is the business side of things because that's not and you just mentioned it there it's, it's something that doesn't come potentially naturally to you um which which is amazing really because um i've always seen you again with with our chats sort of down the months i've always seen you as being very good at being able to balance the art and the business side um you're always talking about the creative projects that you're taking on um very separately you know maybe there's there's commercial aspects to it but it's a creative endeavor so you're separating those um and it's something that i've always thought and again in these conversations i i hear time and time again it's a real it is a battle to to, to balance the art and the business um so it surprises me to to know that you potentially struggle with the business side um so yeah if 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 you do struggle to do that um or, or sort of moving along slightly how do you really focus on the creative part if the business is something that you really struggle with because it's they're, they're very entwined aren't they i always try to compartmentalize my weeks so that i have a business week and a creative week where the priority is either business or creativity and accepting that this is a fast time business that I'm in with deadlines and in a business week, a client may ring up and want something within 24 hours that's creative. It, it, I accept that. But it's where the priority lies for me. So in a business week, I will do all of my networking. I will do my accounting. I will do my strategy. I will do my tactics. I will do creating all of my um, uh updating of the website all the the business stuff that you need to do you know all of my marketing um will happen in a business week um i sat here this morning working through value statements for my product so what value is it that bespoke composing ads for videographers so that i can talk about it all of that happens in a business week creative week the focus is on creating music 
Um, and I avoid, if I can, one-to-ones, networking, businessy stuff and all that and try and just compartmentalize so that creativity breeds creativity and I find that it you get on a roll with creativity and one project one bit of composing leads to another and leads to another and if I have to keep stopping and starting because I've got a I've got two hours of composing then I've got to go and have a one-to-one with Ben Bowles or something you know it's like all of a sudden my my composing stops and it's hard to get that ball rolling again. So compartmentalize um, is how I do it with flexibility, flexibly compartmentalize so that if there is a need to do something businessy urgently on a creative week, you still can. Mm, mm. But it's I, I try to have that sort of pencil in. Um, a, you know, I try to average across two weeks, um, 40 hours composing time a fortnight um, and you know that works out at, at 20 hours a week but it's predominantly in a composing week that happens across the fortnight yeah that makes sense do you have over the years have you realized that you have certain times of the day where creativity flows a lot better than others um i've tried to train myself to compose during the working day i have a family as well and i have commitments in the morning of getting kids to school and and running kids around in the evening and and every now and again a social life you know once or twice a year um and um so i i set aside the working week for composing um and what i find with creativity is that Actually, it just gets used to the time that you're going to be creative. So I have a morning routine, um, uh, Monday to Friday, which kicks off the creativity. And then we start uh, for it. And as time has gone on, my brain and my body knows that, well, I'm not going to be doing this at night and I'm not going to be doing this at the wee early hours of the morning. It knows that I'm working Monday to Friday here. Um, and that's when it's going to start and come i think it's more about conditioning um, than waiting for that sort of romantic whiff of inspiration is going to hit you at some point composing music for the media isn't clinical or logical it's still an emotional endeavor but it's composing with purpose whereas being an artist you're waiting for that sort of creative inspiration to appear of a new song or something and i think there's a difference between it i know professional songwriters who write songs for artists approach it very much how i do as a career and a profession and something that you creatively work at as opposed to waiting for the flash of inspiration at three in the morning so do you see do you see yourself as an artist i am an artist uh, as well in that um, uh, as well as um, every musician um, every musician wants to be an artist somewhere on the line um, and um, working a business and composing music for other people is about what they need and achieving their purpose uh, I'm an artist in my own right as well uh, Michael Colton music as opposed to black lab music um, and Michael Colton music uh, loves neo and composes neoclassical music uh, and releases that across uh, streaming services because that's the music that I personally want to compose and produce and enjoy and it's not about um, 
business. It's not about making money. It's about my creativity and my release of my emotion into my music to do my thing. Whereas Black Lab is all about other people and everything I do for them. So I try to balance the two and scratch the itch, if you like, of being an artist as well. And it helps to to be an artist and, and all of that, to be able to bring all of that into composing music for other people. Do you, do you ever, as a, a really simplistic way to ask this, I suppose, is do you ever get fed up with music? And the reason why I ask that is very similar to you. I think we run our businesses in a very similar way in terms of I'm, I, I feel like I like, uh, I work my best in, in a framework to a certain extent mm -hmm. and I have um, scheduled hours where I'm doing certain tasks and that works for me. Um, but if I'm doing that, you know, Monday to Friday, sometimes even Saturday as well, depending on shoots. Um, and I'm always, always banging on about, you know, keeping the, the creativity, creativity alive with passion projects and things. But then it comes the weekend and I don't even want to look at the camera sometimes because it's because, it, it you know, you do anything 40, 50 hours a week. You're going to sometimes be quite demotivated. Sometimes it goes the opposite way. Um, so I'm just wondering if if you ever feel like that. Um, I actually find it hard to stop um, in that I love music. I love creating i've waited so long to do this full time it has been a desire to do this for for 35 years waiting to be into this position where i can turn up and compose music for a living that it is such a privilege and such an opportunity that actually i would quite happily be here seven days a week um for it and if i'm not working on a client project i would quite happily you know i i play guitar as a hobby you know i would quite happily just come out and play guitar and, and jam with my family or, or whatever i'll do all of i would quite happily do that um uh, in the evening as well however um what i you know um very aware of is that there are other stuff that needs to be done <laughs> so at some point you've got to go actually yeah i'll try and do everything monday to friday um and compartmentalize it a bit and actually yeah i need to mow the lawn and i do need to go to the supermarket i do need to see my family and you know do stuff and and all those sorts of things that we have in life and you need to make time for them and one of the joys of being a freelancer uh, running out of company is you can go yeah okay I, I can park that now and i can go and do something else or i can come back to it very very uh, elaine my, my wife very very supportive um so when projects come in at the weekend uh short notice it's like no go work but then during the week, we'll take that time back uh, when we can as well. So try to maintain that real good work-life balance, family-life balance um, and things. But but yeah, I would be out here all the time if I could. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because seemingly you've had 30, 30 <laughs> to 35 years of just waiting for this moment. So you don't <laughs> want to, yeah, the last thing you want to do is waste any time. Um, yeah. Whereas someone who hasn't had to wait that long, yeah. um i mean yeah don't get me wrong i see it as a huge privilege what i do and i love it you know 95 yeah. percent of the time um but i suppose it's just coming at it from a, a different angle isn't it 
Yeah, you see, I, I play um, uh, lead worship in church as well. So I play guitar in church on a Sunday morning, which requires rehearsing on a Saturday as well and, uh, and things. And, and that is not part of work. That That is something that I do as a passion. And, and um, it's it, it, it's great to be be able to do music in that context as well, you know, um, things. So I, I just, I love it. You know, when you are working full time, when you're employed and working full time, you know, I was leaving work at, five in the morning leaving for work at five in the morning and sometimes not getting back until a few days later um and it's like actually you it's all consuming at times because you have an employer uh, and that's the work that you you do and that's what's required whereas now yeah that that sort of commitment is not there and just focusing on this so i i see it as not wanting to waste the opportunity that is given for it because it would be easy to waste the opportunity so would you would you have changed anything from the the career that you had with the police um the reason why i say that is because sometimes if i'm you know on a, a fun shoot or i'm doing an edit and you get that pang of god i'm lucky to do this this is so much fun and you know I, i'm potentially going to be doing this for years to come which is an amazing feeling but obviously, because you've, and I know you've always, always done music, but because you're in this position relatively later than a lot of people, do you ever get those pangs and think, oh, I wish I did this sooner? Um, I've always made it a point of life to never do regrets. Be, you know, learn from your mistakes by all means, but not to regret the decisions that you made. And I always like to think that I made the best decisions that I could with the information that I had at the time. For the circumstances that were presented and so i look back on it and think okay what was that 30 years you know i did, did policing was that a waste should i have come into music earlier i don't think like that at all um in that i joined policing to serve and i joined policing to help people and i knew i would be there for 30 years um and it has given a certain lifestyle um, and has supported the family and all of that that has come. So there are so many benefits um, that have come out of it, so many positives. The, the one potential negative of, oh, I wish I'd left earlier and done music earlier, kind of pale into insignificance, really. So I try not to do the, well, I just, I just don't do the whole, oh, I wish I'd done or oh, I should have done, you know, type thing. It's like, actually just learn from it and move on from it and let it go um but but no i it was always 30 years um when when i joined it's different now for for cops that are joining it's very very different it's no longer just 30 years um, but for me it was so i always knew that i was leaving after 30. um i don't know how we've got here so quickly michael but we're on our final three but don't feel that you need to rush at all um <laughs> because i think these are the questions where potentially with other guests it springs more questions so just answer however you like and we'll just see where the conversation no goes but so uh, the first one being how do you define success and what does it look like for you and your business i've learned through many many years that if you define success as counting something once you have counted it you are no longer successful and what gets counted gets done um if you know what i mean so yeah if you count something people do it because you're counting it and actually for me in business everything that we do here 
needs to be centered around our value as opposed to a quantifiable amount. So success for me is replicating my values every single day uh, on it in that it's not a quantifiable thing. You can't achieve a value um, because you can always be better at it. Um, so success. So I've come to this definition of success. Success for me in my business is recognizing the opportunity to be kind and having the courage to be so. So say it again, it's recognizing the opportunity to be kind and having the courage to be so in that sometimes we see the opportunity to be kind, but we're not, or we don't take it or what have you. And actually being kind kind of takes a bit of courage at times. It means stepping out of our comfort zone. It means putting someone else first. It means helping them, putting their needs before our own. And as Black Lab Music and as a composer and as a person, when it came down to what did we want to be successful at, I sort of, well, I want to compose this many pieces of music. I want to compose for this business and yada, yada, yada. You know, I want to achieve this financial income, et cetera, et cetera. And then I asked the question, if I do that, but don't be kind, is that success? And the answer for me was no. If I earn 50,000 pounds a year, but I do it in a way that is unkind, is that being successful? No, it's not. It's just earning 50,000 pounds a year. But if I manage to be really, really kind for something to someone and not earn 50,000, earn an awful lot less, for example, is that success? And it's like, yes, it was it's absolutely success for me is that opportunity to be kind to people. And what I've learned as a and it's, it's become a business strategy now in that actually it's it, being kind is actually quite profitable <laughs> being nice to people because people want to come and work with you um, because actually we're value-based and it goes back to where I was talking about earlier about being honest with people as well in that as a business strategy, we spoke recently about no like trust in that actually, you know, people trust it now and they get to know that actually, yes, you're going to be on, you're going to be honest with them. You're going to be kind with them. You're going to be gentle with them. That for me, is business success um, on it. This is about people. Life is about people. And I've come to learn this the hard way. Life is about people. It's not about how big your bank balance is or what car you drive. But very often in business, it becomes about, can I rent another car and can I have a lot of money in the bank? Yeah, Gary V once said, uh, kindness is always ROI positive. And that's something that has stuck with me. Um, yeah. so, um, so just as a as an offshoot of that can you think of a time where and i suppose within within your business i suppose can you think of a time where you went against your values and you had to kind of pull yourself up so you haven't you haven't lapsed once in that in that you know have i have i not been kind to someone in my business no i i have you know and and you know it's I, every Monday morning, uh, myself and my wife have a Monday morning meeting uh, where we review the week and we review the previous week and we talk through our values and we talk through what's happened in the business. And we talk through the interactions and, and, and she is my um, check and balance in that. Um, and the people that we come in contact with, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, 
how have we had the opportunity to be kind with that relationship with that that contact um today um or this week or last week or or what have you um and yeah it, it sounds honestly I, i'm sitting here thinking oh michael that sounds awful to say that you are always kind clearly you're human uh you can't always be kind uh clearly someone out there must think you're a bit of a dick um somewhere um can i say dick on a podcast you I'm can say sure. whatever you like mate yeah 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 okay um but as a as a value base i think it's important to be able to have those checks and balances in there and one of the things that i do with my clients uh, as well is actually go back to them and ask them and go this is the values that we want to be this is the values that we portray in our company be honest with me did we do that you know you you can tell us it's fine i won't be offended you know and as you know through the um uh, the iron sharpens iron group that i have that you're, you're part of uh, around critiquing music i always say be honest if this is rubbish be honest you know we can take that and i think being open to that sort of feedback allows you to always keep your values in mind um, for it so there's nothing that jumps to mind where i think oh no i was really unkind now go into my policing career and I'm sure there are many people out there that think I have been incredibly unkind to them. <laughs> you know, policing is a very, very different profession um, uh, from what I do here in composing music um, uh, and things. And it comes from, this value comes from 30 years of policing, which is an unkind, very hostile, oppressive environment to be in for as a police officer um on it um so hence wanting to bring that value in absolutely up front first and foremost before anything else kindness so second question of uh, the final three for your chosen profession what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you can be a book can be a resource whatever you like no definitely a book um, this will come as no surprise you've heard me talk about this before it is the go-giver by bob berg and john mann uh, the go-giver is a wonderfully small book which is great because i'm not a great reader uh, it's in big writing as well um and it's a story of about 100 pages long um and basically it is the story of it's not what you do or what you accomplish it's who you are that is more important. And it talks about five values, um, uh, five, five laws, effectively, the law of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And it is something that is really good to shine a light on your own character um, on it. And it is something that is baked into the values of Black Lab Music and the values of our relationships with clients. It's on our website. If you go to the value side on blacklabmusic.co.uk, it is baked into those statements uh, on it. It's it's that important to us. So, um, Okay, just before the third and final question, um, where can people find you online? Well, I'm all over LinkedIn as Michael Colton, or come and find us uh, at Black Lab Music on the web, www.blacklabmusic.co.uk, or email me at michael at blacklabmusic.co.uk. As always, so polished. In one <laughs> sentence, what one piece of advice would you give a person starting in your industry tomorrow? Do really small things that are manageable, do them repetitively, and do them consistently. That's it. 
do what is small and manageable repetitively and consistently. Um, I find, you know, very quickly people come in, I, I speak who want to have 300 million streams on Spotify. They want to be composing the next Steven Spielberg film and what have you. And that's where they want to start. And it's like, it's a journey you've got to go on, um, but you've got to be consistent. Do what you can do that is manageable repetitively and consistently. And I think that applies to so many things. It's funny you should say that because I was listening to, I'm, I listened to the the high performance podcast. I don't know if you've heard that. No, no. Um, it's very good. And they, and they, uh, it's run by, hosted by Jake Humphreys, who does presenting work. Um, and there's two of them. There's a, um, his co-presenter Damien he always talks about world-class basics and that's where you start basically so that really and it feeds into exactly what you were saying that um and I'm a huge believer in you know what what separates what you would term successful whatever that is for you yeah and and I think it is a simplicity of consistency just day in day out doing the work yeah um yes and yeah. and once you once you get into that frame of mind you can't really be beaten because because and i know and i know for some people it's not a case of winning or losing but if you're thinking about this as a, as a competition you can't beat someone who just who doesn't stop it's as simple yeah. as that isn't it yeah yeah and it, and it's recognizing what you can do consistently that is actually manageable to do consistently um because i i know that that you know and I've certainly been there myself where you go, I'm going to do this amazing thing and I'm going to go and change the world and it's going to completely revolutionize everything and what have you. And you put all your effort into it and it's massive and it's all self-consuming and you can't repeat it because you're so tired afterwards. or it took so long that actually you can't get any traction with that idea because it is just so big um, and things. Whereas actually, breaking everything down into its small constituent parts um, and, and doing that actually today I'm my, you know, repetitively and daily, I'm going to spend an hour composing a bit of music, at least one hour every day. And it might be rubbish music. It doesn't matter. It's about the composing music. And all of a sudden you're now every single day in that creative mind and you're composing music and you know, you're learning how to deep dive. I was reminded uh, recently of pearl divers now this is a bizarre analogy okay so they go really deep diving for about hold their breath for about three or four minutes really deep in the water no oxygen no snorkel no nothing but they go down there they swim really really deep look around for pearls and then after about four minutes of holding their breath come back up again and it's like well how did you do that you didn't just dive off a boat and learn to hold your breath underwater and it's like it takes practice every single day just going slightly deeper and slightly longer slightly deeper slightly longer and over a period of time you can really deep dive instantly um, and i think as a creative we need to learn and train ourselves to deep dive instantly to have the ability to really deep dive and that's where doing small consistent repetitive things allows us to go I've got a deadline, 12 hours, need to compose this, deep dive, quick, straight down there, job done, off to the client. You can't do that unless you've managed to do the small, manageable, repetitive things again and again and again and again over a consistent period of time. 
thanks so much for listening to this episode of squaring the circle if you want to support the show you can do two things number one you can subscribe and number two you can leave a review thanks very much and i'll see you soon